Um, welcome to yet another episode of Disky Talk with Luyolo. And as always, I am your host with the most, and I go by the name of Luyolo. To all those who are tuning in for the very first time, welcome to the Disky Talk with Luyolo family. And to those returning members, please don't forget to click on the notification bell button, like, subscribe, and please do add your comments in the comments section. Right, on today's episode, I've got my waistcoat, I've got my tie. No, we're not speaking about Gareth Southgate. <laughs> However, we are speaking about coaches. Today's episode is titled Coaches Corner. However, before I do get into it, I've got a couple of guests with me. And I will start by introducing Pumuzo. How are you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. How about you? Great, great, great. Dumi, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, thank you. Thank you for returning. No problem. And then, to the left, I've got uh, Mr. Saul. How are you, man? In the coach's court. In the coach's court. <laughs> Glad How to you? be back home, brother. Glad to be back home on Disky Talk. Lovely to have you, gentlemen. So, with what's currently happening, we've got the international tournaments, which are currently being contested. One eye on the international tournaments, another eye on the transfer news. However, the focus is on the coaches and not the players. So we will be speaking about a couple of coaches on today's episode. Firstly, we'll start with Mauricio Sarri, who is on his way to Lazio and will be leading the Italian team next season. What do you guys make of this appointment as the social media team announced his appointment by posting a cigarette <laughs> emoji, which I think is quite classic. Yeah, I'll start with you, Dumi. What do you make of um, the chain smokers' appointment for <laughs> Lazio? Uh, personally, I think it was a good decision from Lazio because if you look at uh, the manager himself, he has coached two other Serie A teams, being Juventus and Napoli, and he did very well yeah. with Napoli, you know, transferring them into a very big club. So being for them to bring a play, uh, manager with that much experience in the league, Serie A, is a good decision. So I think he will be able to transform them and actually make them into a team that does compete for the Serie A. Mm. So bringing in that experience will be to their benefit, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to me, um, I'm, when it comes to uh, Maritio, sorry, I don't... I don't love him, I don't hate him, <laughs> kind of, yeah. you know, neutral. <laughs> but um, he does have a lot of experience. He, he's been in the Serie A for uh, many years, so it's only natural to, to move to him. I think the appointment was a, a good decision uh, by the club. Yeah. 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 So when it comes to Maurizio Sarri, he is um, one of my favorite coaches within um, the game. What I will point out is that I think at times he's unlucky with regards to how sorry with regards to how he's been treated and with regards to the media as well i don't think he's um, the media's darling in the sense that um, a lot of you could say that there's a, a negative cloud that hangs over him and um, how he conducts his uh, how he conducts himself as a coach you know, and um, it, 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 it hurts for me to be sitting here and speaking about him joining Lazio. With all due respect, Lazio is um, a great footballing institution. However, I think Sarri should be coaching a much better team than Lazio. 
we all know what happened with um, Juventus yeah. and I think it was hard done by and he was not thoroughly given a chance you know, to also acquire the type of players that would um, play within the Saripol system. You know, however, I will say that I'm very happy that one of my favorite managers is is is, is coaching and he's in a job. You know, because uh, it's not nice to see some of these um, technicians who can contribute so much to the game not being involved. And I think what it does then is that it also raises the level. In Italy, it takes it to another level when you have another quality coach with vast experience who's coached in the English Premier League who will then be able to add his knowledge and experience to that Lazio side. I also think that it, um, it sends out a statement to, within the Serie A that Lazio actually want to start competing. Yes. We've touched on the fact that um, Inter Milan winning the Serie A sort of opened up the door within Serie A. And what that does then is that it gives so many teams uh, a chance to actually go and compete. You know? And with um, Conte's departure and Inter Milan then going out and um, getting Inzaghi, one would say that that's not the best mm. or that's not the best coach and he's not a high profile coach mm. so one doesn't see an Inter Milan uh, retaining the Scudetto mm. however you do see then a Lazio being able to put their hand up and compete within the top four mm. so Soli I'll swing this question to you what do you make of his um, return to the dugout mm. you know Sari is a coach that actually also did well in the EPL you know he gave a good account of himself um so he's, he's, he's definitely one of those coaches that I, I, I enjoy, you know, just watching. He's very animated, you know, yeah. very passionate as well. He's, Sari is ideal for, for the Italian league, you know. He's, 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 he's sort of like your poster boy. Even though, you know, the media is, is sort of, you know, sort of paints him in a, in a, in a very bad light. But he's, he's literally like your poster boy for Italian football. He's the kind of guy I'd have like literally in, in front of every marketing you know, poster um, there for, 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 for Serie A because he, he has that, he has that you know, wisdom in, in, in terms of the experience that he has, but he also has bite to him. He's got aggression to him. And he doesn't really care who says what about him. You know? mm-hmm. Even though the media can paint him in the way that, it, that they do, Sari is true to himself in every way possible. You know? And I think that's what also earns him the respect of his players within whichever team that he goes into. Because he's raw, he's true, he's, he's genuine. Yeah. And I think any footballer will tell you that you know, one thing that they appreciate in anybody, a teammate, a manager, or a structure around them is truth and you know genuine nature around them because football is a very you know dirty kind of um you know environment in its own right Mm. so when you have someone that you can trust to be genuine in their approach genuine in what they want out of you and genuine in what they expect of you and how they expect you to 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 lay it out sorry is an ideal person for that um you know, you mentioning that Inter, let, um, you know, brought in Inzaghi. I would have expected maybe Inter to scoop up Sari even before Lazio would. Mm-hmm. You know, it is disappointing that he would go to what what is deemed not to be one of the top teams in 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 Italy or in in football generally. But for Lazio, this was a definite coup. You know, it was a lovely coup d'état because if you think about it. 
you know, their showing in the Champions League last season was showing you that Lazio is 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 really you know planning to it's 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 interested in changing its its dynamic. It's interested yeah. in changing its fortune and competing at the top flight with the best as much as possible. And this kind of acquisition is also reinforcing that. You know, yeah. those that are true avid Disky Talk listeners will know we covered an episode where we spoke about Lazio and you know their performance within Champions League. If you think about it, if they had a coach like Sari during that time, maybe we'd be talking, you know, about a different outcome for Lazio. Who knows, yeah. you know? So I'm excited for the team. Um, I'm always happy for the coach um, because it gives him a chance to be able to sell himself even more, you know? Yeah. Although, I mean, how, how, much, how much more selling does Sari need to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact that you mentioned that um, he is somewhat well-suited to the Serie A. And I agree with that, you know? It's not to say that one should um, dim down their ambitions mm. and never look mm. to coach in, um, in England mm. or in Spain Germany or, Spain, or in yeah. Germany. However, when you look at his profile and um, you look at the type of coach and the type of man he is, I think that he fits like a glove within yes. that um, Serie A mold, especially when it comes to the players, you know. In his time at Napoli, we do know that he got so much out of those players, mm. you know. And um, when you look at his time at Juve, look, Juve, he won, he won the Scudetto, but most feel like he failed, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Mm. And that's just Juve have got these exceedingly high expectations, mm. you know. But when I look at it, I look at a man who more or less is very experienced, more or less knows himself which is very important. And I think his um, player management as well is something that um, we've seen develop over the course of time. Because there were a lot of guys complaining that in his time at Napoli, he'd only work with the 13, 14 players. And that's it. You know, if, you're, if you don't fit part and parcel of that 13 to 15, 14 players, then you really, you get shelved. Yeah. You know, so I think as a as a coach, that's something that we've seen him start to improve over the course of time, mm -hmm. and I think that's something that's really going to help him being able to use um, um, the width of his squad, mm -hmm. because if he's then going to compete on all fronts, he's going to have to have that depth within the squad. Mm -hmm. Sticking with the Serie A and sticking in Italy, uh, Jose Mourinho. Some love him, some hate him. Mm. This is a man who will be coaching AS Roma. And um, what do you make of uh, Jose Mourinho moving to Roma after, yeah, after a tough time in England with Spurs? What do you make of um, what do you, what do you make of that appointment, Dumi? Uh, you know, I'm I'm really I don't know really what to say about it because, like, honestly, as Lately, I haven't been a big fan of Jose Mourinho because I feel like mm. in this world of football, you have to be able to adapt. Yeah. And I feel like Mourinho hasn't been able to do that lately in the couple of teams that he's yeah. joined. He's, he's stuck to the same tactics and, you know, same routine. And he, he hasn't been able to change, per se, you know, or adapt. Mm. So, I don't know what difference will come from him going to Roma. Maybe he will change. I don't know, but... <laughs> Because if you look now, all these other clubs, especially in Serie A, like you said, uh, them appointing these different managers. These are managers who are quick to adapt mm. and who can change. So if he doesn't do the same thing, 
I feel like he might struggle as well in Roma if he sticks to the same philosophy that he has because he's been very rigid in my opinion since uh, okay since coming to maybe Manchester United and then after that it's just been very rigid in my opinion so I'm not really much of a fan of Jose Mourinho right now I don't know what he will bring to Roma maybe a bit of experience but other than that I don't know a way forward for for the club as well as maybe Jose Mourinho if he's still rigid and like this you know that's just yeah you know um I I I love Jose you know it's <laughs> <laughs> the special one the special one. the special one but um I don't necessarily think he was rigid when he moved to Tottenham like Tottenham the what? way they the way they started the season you know Jose has been parking the bus for a long time mm-hmm. I don't feel like Tottenham were I don't I don't feel like they were parking the bus and um, if you look at Kane's season and Son's season, I think he had a big part to play in these guys finishing with the amount of goals they had. I don't. It, I think when you have a personality like Jose, like the media, when you're winning, the media yeah. love you. When you're losing, it's you know. So he doesn't get time. I like when he got sacked at Man United. He should have had time, you know. And with him moving to Roma, I'm. I, I will agree with you there. I'm I'm scared. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> you know, I want I want him to succeed. I I really hope this is a, re, a redemption yeah, sure, for yeah. him. And as I was on on our way here, I was thinking like, do I really think Roma will like compete uh, top four in Syria? And honestly, I, I don't I don't I don't see it. Maybe top six, but um, I do think it is a good move for Roma to get a guy like Jose, and hopefully. They give him time to build, cause I think he can adapt, and I think it's, he just needs time and respect. Another thing is respect. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> respect. You know, yeah. respect. 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 You know that's um that's a major thing. You know, <laughs> that's a major thing. Like mm-hmm. um, the club has to back him. Like you mm-hmm. know, back this guy and <laughs> see where. We, but you know, I think maybe he might be able to do better because, you know, in my opinion, I think Roma is a bigger club than Tottenham. They offer better players, so... Yeah, bro. <laughs> no, I'm thinking... That, that's, that's just my opinion. I feel Roma is a better club, so maybe with those players that he has in his disposal, and like you said, if the club back him and they respect him, he could do something. Because don't get me wrong, when he was at Man United, first season he did well. Even the second season, he won those trophies. He can bring that for club trophies. And the thing is, with Tottenham, bringing trophies is a hard thing to ask. People might disagree with me and say, no, Tottenham's a big club. But he almost but did, he almost though. He was almost there. I really yeah. feel yeah, like but he like, really yeah. But still, yeah, okay, comes back to the fact that maybe he needed time. You but that time. Mm. But like, it was kind of a lot to maybe... Or- or just give him the opportunity to play the final. Yeah, he didn't play the yeah, final. Yeah. And, and he even went on to say that if you ask me how many trophies I've won in my career, I'll mm. say 25 and a half. Mm. The half is the final I didn't mm. get to play against mm. Pep Guardiola. Mm. So yeah, but going back to what you said, okay, I agree with you to that point. So maybe at Roma he could do something different, but it's just that I don't like the fact that he's still not willing to you know, adapt. He's very hard-headed, in my opinion. You know what I actually think? Uh, now, when I look at Sierra, it's very open right now. Especially, mm-hmm. Inter could have started the dominance, but Conte, I mean, uh, Conte, Conte left. left. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I actually take back what I said. I think it's top four. A quick backtracking. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I'm thinking about the league, right? I'm thinking yeah. about the league. Yeah. And it's very open right now. You know, it's... Uh, anybody... This is this is the time right now. Juventus, like, sucked the soul out of these guys for how long? And now Inter broke the... What is it? Door down. And yeah. You, you feel mm. like you got a real shot if you were a Serie A team. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel that that, that is... Um, a great appointment and um, do you think do you think he's a fit yeah because the the general notion yeah. around a Jose Mourinho right now is whether whether you like him or you don't like him the general notion is this is a man who's old school in his yeah. approach is very dogged yeah. does he fit into the modern day way of doing things yeah. so when it comes to that Roma outfit do you see that for Jose Mourinho do you see him fitting in and do you think it's a good appointment yeah. or do you think that it was um, a convenient appointment where Roma realized that, okay, there's a high-profile name, a coach who's very experienced, who's won trophies, and at the end of the day, we, we need a coach and he's available, so let's just go with him. Or do you think that it's always been a part of the plan? Look, um, Mourinho is yet another sorry for me, you know? in the sense of the fit, especially in Serie A. He's another very... Even though he's been successful in England, he's the kind of coach that can be successful generally anywhere he goes because he's effective. Mm -hmm. You know, many people may complain about Mourinho's um, tactics and, you know, him parking the bus and all of that, him not being able to adapt and, you know, evolve. Um, he's still coaching the same way he's been coaching for years. But if there's one thing you can't deny about Jose Mourinho is the fact that he can actually be, make a squad relatively effective um, to a target of maybe winning a trophy, you know, um, because he, he, if you look at his numbers, he, de he definitely makes sure that he gets the job done on that end, you know. So I, I, I feel another brilliant signing for Roma, um, especially in terms of what Pomozo is saying when he says, now Serie A is open, mm. you know. Um, you know, when, when Dumi says Roma is a bigger club than Tottenham, I would say based on its history, yes. Currently, personnel-wise and, you know, pound-for-pound pound balance, it may be a toss-up. I may agree to a certain extent, but I do feel it could be a toss-up because of... I mean, look at, look at what Mourinho got out of some of these players at Tottenham, you know. Yes, he frustrated a few, but... I also feel, you know, Mourinho's the kind of coach... There's certain coaches that don't babysit players, guys. And a lot of our modern-day footballers want to be babysat a lot, you know? So player, coaches like your Jose Mourinho's, your Saris, these hard, dogged coaches don't necessarily get, you know, the flowers and balloons and claps because they're a bit harsh, you know? They, they, they say things that people don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. And they are old-school in their coaching in that way because they, they, they are avid believers in the fact that Another thing about football is that you need to be tough in heart and mind. So if you're going to be broken by me, you can easily be broken by your opponent. Yeah. You get what I mean? Sometimes people don't understand that coaching is not just about babysitting or making sure you're fully happy. But it's also <laughs> about getting the best out of you by pushing you over the edge. Yeah. You know, that's what separates the man from the boys, you know. Um, Roma has a very rich history in Serie A. Very, very rich history. And they've just been lacking for season after season after season, just like Lazio, you know, uh, rich history as well. But just, I mean, the dominance of your Juve's, your, you know, it, it's, it's always kind of overshadowed them. 
But this is the perfect time with a coach like Sarri at Lazio, a coach like Mourinho at Roma. I think he can get that club ticking. I think he can get Roma ticking within a season or two as well. You know, um, I don't. I, I wouldn't say that go into straight up win. Um, you know, um, Serie A, but I do feel like. They, 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 they are going to be throwing a spanner in the works with many of the big teams right now. Um, they, they're probably going to be playing some very, very beautiful football. Um, because, again, what I'm, what I'm talking about when I speak of beautiful football... Let me explain. Let me quantify. Many people may think that Tottenham didn't play beautiful football. right? But with that defensive block that they played, it looked absolutely scintillating when they would break out with that Son and um, Kane, uh, you know, uh, break. You get, you get what I mean? And that was systematic. That was not just fluky. This was Jose Mourinho knowing that I need to play to my squad's strength. All right? And the strength is, as well, when you look, one of their strengths is the pace that you can get out of Son and Kane, you know, the explosivity and the fact that if they can get in behind a defense, they could cause damage, right? So we all know that Mourinho is that kind of guy that would want to sit yeah. back, defend, really protect, you know, um, 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 the defense, you know, play a defensive-based game. Yeah. But with a, with, a, with a side like Roma, I do feel like the Italians are masters of that. Italians are masters of the defensive game. Hence, I say, perfect fit for Mourinho. They'll be able to play his defensive system and possibly give us a little bit something extra that we're not expecting on attack as well. Because when a team can be comfortable defending, a team can be comfortable knowing that they're not letting anything in, it allows them the freedom of expression. And maybe we may see a Roma express themselves a little bit differently from what we're used to. So it's, it's, it's an interesting acquisition, but I do feel like it's, it's an acquisition that's really going to... You know, I think Serie A is on, the, is on the rise right now with some of the coaches that they've gotten in, you know, especially within the clubs that they've gotten them into. So it, 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 it gives me a good, you know, side for the future in terms of these clubs that have kind of fallen off what would say is that top three, top four mold of what, the, you know, um, what, what Serie A usually offered. Mm. So where, where I'll start, I'll start with... with, with um him getting appointed by Roma. Mm. I think when it comes to Serie A and the Italian game, I think Mourinho's more suited to that mm. game, right? He's more suited to that game, so he will fit in mm. to the Serie A and um, the type of players as well. Mm. Because I also think that it's a cultural thing. Mm. And uh, Italians, naturally, we all know that they're very tough mm. and they're very passionate about football. You know, you hardly ever hear of um, stories where there's a certain player from Italy who fell out with a coach because of petty issues. Yeah. You hardly ever hear that, you know. So I think when he goes there, from a cultural perspective, he's won that side over, yeah. you know. And there's players who culturally, they believe in him, and players who grew up watching and idolizing Mourinho. From that perspective, he fits into the Serie A. Let's move on to his system. When it comes to his uh, system and his approach to football, my biggest issue is that he's not adaptive enough. Yeah. I say this because Mourinho is the type of coach to throw the toys out the court when he doesn't have a certain player, as opposed to working with what he has. Yeah. 
can you be able to pimp a butterfly? You know, like Kendrick said, you know, and if you've got a certain player, you can get the best out of this player. Whereas Mourinho tends to just, ah, I don't have the player, you know, and then it becomes a media spat and he then puts um, the board underneath a, a negative light okay. as opposed to working with what he has. That's my biggest quell. Going to um, Tottenham, I have to disagree with you when you say that he played to, the, to their strengths. I think, if anything, he did them uh, a disservice. And I say this because Rugilon at left back, at right back, you got Doherty and Uri. Yes, not the best. Yeah, yeah. However, yeah. bombing forward, they're very yes, good at that. Yes. In the midfield, you've got uh, Tungain Dombele. Mm. You've got Delhi Ali. The question then becomes, did you get the best out of those players in the midfield and the, and the two fullbacks? Mm. Secondly, let's look at the wide players. You've got Bergwijn, mm. you've got Lucas Mora. Mm. Did he get the best out of those players? Mm. The, in my opinion, the only three players I would say had a great season under yeah. Mourinho. You've got Harry Kane, yeah. you've got Son, and you've got yeah. Emil Hoiberg yeah. in the heart of midfield. Yeah. However, when you look at all these other ball-playing players who are so influential who can give you so much more then you look at Mourinho and you're like um, yeah that's my issue with you as a coach I don't think that you can get the best out of certain players because a Steven Bergwijn who comes from um, Netherlands gets to Tottenham hits the ground running scores on debut and is having a g- strings strings of good performances you got Lucas Moura as well so those players he couldn't get the best out of them Delhi Ali, that's another issue that I have with Mourinho. Yes, he's tough as nails. However, his approach, when it comes to man management in the modern day game, yeah. it has to change. And I say this because Mourinho ends up falling out with the best players within a squad. And then that becomes his undoing. And I say it becomes his undoing because in the modern day game, player power is everything yeah. is everything yeah, they can get and, you in and out of a job and that's yeah. it yeah. you know and that's why i'm saying that Mourinho has to a read the room b know who you're dancing with mm. and when you know who you're dancing with you get to understand that okay cool i may not like a delhi ali you know i may not like a certain player within this club however because of the status quo these players are important to this club how then do i work with them and get the best out of them you know, and that's where my biggest issue is. And I say this because when Mourinho arrived at Spurs, it was all well and good with Delhi Ali. Mm. Delhi Ali was playing really well, and they were best friends. And then next thing, th- they were not on the same page. Mm. Delhi Ali couldn't even kick a ball, yeah. couldn't get a game. Yeah. Where have we seen that before? Yeah. Manchester United. Yeah. So a lot of things that happen with Mourinho are repetitive. Yeah. So when it comes to that aspect. That's one thing I worry about. It's his approach to games and his adaptation when it comes to player management. However, what I will say is when him going to Roma, that's a good fit when it comes to the culture of Italian football. No, look, I, I, I fully agree. Look, when I say he, he, he played, I, I, I didn't necessarily mean that he played Tottenham to their strength, to the club strength. Because... I feel like the one coach that played Tottenham to their strength was Potticino, you know, in terms of how Tottenham attacked, you know. But if you look at the players that you mentioned that really had good seasons under Mourinho, 
you'll realize that they were the three crucial players to his system anyway. And it's, it's, it's actually also endorsing the fact of, you know, the point you're making of, if you are outside of that plan, then it is what it is, you know. But he knew that he's going to build his team and his season around Son, Kane, and Hoiberg, you know. Um, these other guys, I, I feel like he understood, okay, cool, they can play. He knew that he could get something out of them, but within the system of how he wants to play, he just felt, ah, these guys will just have to do the work that they need to do over there, you know, in, 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 in this deep-lying role. And it really, hence I said, it frustrated a lot of players. You know, Ndombele was one of the most frustrated players in that midfield. It was like he was being held with a chain throughout, you know. And if you just unleashed him, you know, you could, you could have gotten so much out of that Tottenham side. And it looked like most of the team was hoping for that. Like, to just unleash us. Allow us to be, you know. Mm. However, Tottenham being Tottenham, what you want us to do is cool. We'll do. But we're not, we, we don't really seem free or happy, but they are a team that... Tottenham is a team that if you give them a mandate or a script, they will follow that script. They're that kind of club, you know, that will follow whatever a coach would tell them. So they did the best they could with what the coach gave them, but I do feel like, look, maybe his, 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 his playing philosophy was not fitted for that club, you know. And I feel like right now, I think we saw it at Inter as well, you know, his playing philosophy is definitely suited to Italy. And I think it will be suited to a Roma. I think um, he'll maybe even get better reception from the players, you know, um, in, 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 in that sense. I don't think, you know, they'll get as frustrated as, as some of the players would in the EPL, you know. So, look, in my point of view, I think perfect fit. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see what kind of results they would give, but I do see them really putting their hand up to compete under the management of Jose Mourinho. Mm. You know, um, I actually agreed with you a little bit when you mm. said um, they, were, they were playing beautiful football. I won't go to, as far as to call it beautiful, but yeah, yeah. they were, um, you know, uh, Klopp called them a counter-attacking monster. Mm. And I feel... That's true. I feel if they stayed with that mold, mm. they could have won something. Mm. Yeah, I get them. The better wants to, you know, be mm. at least and stuff. But sometimes you have to realize that, you know, pound from pound, you're not gonna go against mm. a Liverpool or Man City. This yeah. is how you win trophies. Mm. So I'm on Jose. Yeah, he's yeah effective. I'm on Jose's side when we talk about, you know. They should have Tottenham should have been a counter-attacking team, and I saw that, and I saw them competing. It like, looked good. Yeah, uh, in the beginning of the season, I don't know uh, why that fell apart. Maybe you know. Um, Following up with the players. Yeah, they, ma man managing. Yeah, they, man management. Yeah, but I don't. And and also, sorry, sorry to interject. Also, it's when you get figured out, mm. and when teams start to figure you out, it then becomes very difficult, and that's why I say adaptation. Yeah. Because if you've got a style of play. It's all well and good to be a counter-attacking monster, not an issue. I don't have a qualm with that. However, tweak it a bit and adapt it because there will come a time there will come a time when you meet a West Brom and they're just gonna sit back and they're gonna give you the ball. What then happens then then you turn around and you're looking at Dombele to do something. Like, yes. come on, give us something. Yes. However, throughout the season, you weren't really, yes. you know. And that's why I'm saying that man management. Yes, Dombele, you're not going to get your free role. However, if you can play within these confines, you know, and if you can express yourself within these confines, so that when we do come up against a West Brom, when we do come up against a Burnley, then you're able to get those yeah. players to start naturally shining. And that's why I say that in the modern day space, football has changed, guys. Football has changed so much so that you need 
a multifaceted mm. and multidimensional style of play and approach to the games. Mm. You know, a lot of systems, if you look at it, you can get a formation like 4-3-3, for example, right? A 4-3-3 in modern day football can yeah. transition into a 3-4-3. Into so many different You know, into yeah. so many. And yeah. that's why I'm saying that the biggest thing with Mourinho is taking it one level higher and just being able to add certain elements which then would predicate for success if you ever came up against a team that is able to counter the counter-attacking yes, monster. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, that, you know, he should have... He should allow Ndombele uh, to play against the West Broms. And, yeah. and also to that, it's um, when Son gets injured. You know, mm. I feel have roles, not don't rely so heavily mm. on yes. players' roles, yes. you know. Because yes. Son does get injured yeah. quite often. Yes. So it's, you know, when you don't have, when, actually when Kane wasn't there, yeah. Son was suffering, you know. Yeah. So yeah. just maybe figure out how to get the best out of Lucas. Bergwijn, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. and he struggled with that. He struggled you know, to get. I, I want to say something about you guys. You guys, you guys mentioned that you know, Tustin became a counter-attacking beast. I don't. Maybe I'm not giving this guy too much credit. I don't think that was necessarily his plan. Mm. I think what happened was he he wanted to go with these normal uh, uh, tactics and everything. It's just that he was fortunate to have players like Son yeah, or Kane, who or even Lucas, who could actually. Given counter outlet, attack, I mean, yeah. it, it was just like it was a thing that happened by maybe, maybe by accident. Like, oh, okay, I can do this as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think that was his plan. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna become a counter attacking team. Mm-hmm. It's just that he had those players that, okay, when we do get the ball, I wanna go, I wanna go to go. But doesn't that then translate to him working with what he has then to say? Well, that's that's just this is come, what I got. Let me use it. Let me use come it to, to the club. best way. Let's just come to a club and you find these players who want to do this, okay. and then you're just letting them do it. Basically, you know, mm. you could say that is your system, but if you're being honest with yourself, you're just letting them do them. I did, that's I, not your system. That's a <laughs> that's just a byproduct. Isn't that part of management? He found know, those players no, there. Many yeah, many coaches get to a club, they find them there, and they let them be. Tottenham and Harry Kane and so on, they weren't playing the way they were playing. Uh, because they're the ones who usually had the ball. Before Mourinho, now that they don't have the ball, what are they going to do once they get it? And Mourinho didn't come in to try to park the bus at like Tottenham. He spoke about, like, I can't do the same things I did with Chelsea. I don't have the players to sit and park the bus. Hmm. So I don't think it was, I don't think it was luck. Come on, you got to give him more credit to them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe I don't I really give him too much credit. That guy, that guy deserves a little bit more credit so, than what so, he gets. So, what I will acknowledge is um, when, he, when he got to Tottenham, he changed his backroom stuff. Mm. If, you, if you guys actually um, noticed, he got quite a couple of uh, coaches who were um, heavily involved with Leo. And when I saw that, I then thought, okay, will he then maybe look to change when you change your backroom staff and you start working with different coaches. Mm. However, gentlemen, it remains to be seen if he's going to be a success at Ayers Roma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And? <laughs> 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 Only so, Jose can make, you know, make us react like this. That guy. Yes, but anyway, yeah. um, viewers at home, please do weigh in on the conversation. Mm. Comment. Do you think Jose Mourinho will be a success at Ayers Roma? A and B... What do you make of his time at Tottenham? Do you think he stumbled upon um, a system that just so happened to work? Or what, what was what was 
was it he's doing rather and let's move on to the next coach gentlemen the next coach we have um he goes by the name of uh baby Mourinho. i'm not sure if uh, you'll <laughs> love that nickname however he's been dubbed as baby Mourinho. i'm talking about julian nagelsmann the man who will be in the dugout for bayern munich next season we do know that um he's now become the most expensive coach right uh leipzig um leipzig uh, agreed to bayern munich's fee and um he will be coaching bayern munich mm. what do you make of uh, baby Mourinho heading over to bayern munich hey you know part of the greater succession plan that germany has you know if 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 you look at you know his journey um you know the the the, the coaches has been under you know some of their tutelage like uh, thomas tuchel you know um it's it's nagelsmann is 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 definitely just that poster child as well for what germany is preparing for in future i know that the next coach in line is hansi flick i get that but if you if you like like we spoke about how the germans um are precise about everything that they do and their master planners in the previous episodes this is probably another chess move that i'm seeing is going to benefit germany in the next 10 years or so you know for bayern i think you know he he did he did a stellar job with leipzig especially with the time that he spent there he's he's really made them a team that many people would have said you know really began to punch above their weight right um got the right personnel in there and and if you look at what bayern has actually done as well over the transfer season as um you know you 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 get the idea that this was actually in the works far longer than what we thought it was you know or when the announcement came so i do feel like he's a coach that's going to really get some success with bayern but i do feel like bayern has also gone through it's also going through a bit of a transition phase now you know a lot of players have left um you know boateng uh, alaba you know a lot of the stalwarts right um new, it's it's time for new blood just like the german national team and i do feel like probably nagelsmann is the perfect person to actually come into the fray at that time to begin that transition period you know to start a new kind of bayern because i do feel like bayern is going to play a different kind of football under this man they they if you look at what leipzig used to do you know i really feel like they're going to be a little bit more more explosive than what we that than what we've seen you know as if they're not explosive or anything, you know so you can if if the if if they look like you know uh uh tnt right now they're going to become a nuclear bomb you know in terms of that explosivity that they're going to have so yeah. he's 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 definitely one for the future in terms of national team setup but he's one for the now in terms of just coaching as a as a whole you know he's 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 definitely proving to be a young special one you know a bit, i think he's getting the name baby marinho not necessarily because of the similarities to jose marinho in terms of management or you know coaching but in terms of his trajectory you know as a yeah. young man you know the youngest coach to coach in the UEFA Champions League and really do well you know um i think he made like what last eight uh, did leipzig make it into the quarterfinals at some point or last round of 16 just, right no they made it uh, quarter yeah. quarter right yeah. and that was a very 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 solid performance for leipzig you know it was it was it was monumental for the for the for the club on its own and i really feel like he's set brilliant foundation over there for whoever's coming in mm-hmm. you know um 
him going into by like I said, Bayern is sort of like that gateway. You know, it's 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 the gate to the promised land. So for him to go into Bayern and 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 do well there, definitely it's gonna translate great for him whether he chooses to go to England after that, you know, like Tuchel or Klopp, or he chooses to go into the national team setup. But I, I do see him ten, fifteen years down the line as probably the youngest uh, German national team coach. Mm. Interesting. Pumuto, what's your take on um, baby Mourinho's uh, appointment? I mean, I agree with, um, I think, all of uh, what Sodi said. You know, it's... I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's this thing where you feel like coaches need to be old or something. Or, like, I don't know. Maybe we should change that. Maybe mm. we should evolve the game a little bit. But moving to Bayern, it's... Like, where do you go after that? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, and obviously as a coach, if Bayern knocks at your door, like, this is an opportunity. Mm. Like, you know, and that's nothing against him or anything. But, like, I'm just worried that he's going to reach the peak of, like, his Great. career so quickly. And I don't know if he's going to maintain that. But him and what he's done at uh, Leipzig, I agree. Leipzig are, uh, are, are real contenders in... Uh, the Bundesliga, he's mm. he's built a great team over there, mm. and uh, with Bayern, they a team that for the most part they they coach themselves. You know, each coach comes in and just adds a yeah. little bit of their thing, but you know they coach themselves. So, there's winning the league. I don't think that's a problem. I think a test for him is like you know European success. Yeah, you know, mm. and also Bayern are also doesn't feel like it, but they are also going through a rebuild. Yeah, you know, a lot of their players are they phasing them out, and the way that Bayern run their club, it's you don't even feel like this is a a rebuild. A rebuild. <laughs> you know, that just shows yeah. how great the thing, and there is no there's no better man to lead that rebuild than uh, Julian. So mm. it's a great appointment, and I hope that. You know he he succeeds. Yeah. yeah. What what I like about the appointment is um, it's planning out the steps going into the future, and I say this because you mentioned a very pertinent point about how Bayern Munich coaches itself, right? And I I agree with that. They are those big institutions where, as a coach, you can't come and change everything, right? There's a structure. There's a philosophy you then have to apply your own dynamics and inner workings within the structure, within the philosophy. And I think he's the most suited. And I think if you're looking for the, um, the most modern-day coach, if there were ever a tag, I think Julian is. Because some of his ideologies are, are mind-blowing. You know, you ask yourself, is it, is it right to even do that? Mm. You know? Is it right to even do that? This is a man who, who plays a very different system. This is a man who can play with a 3-3-1-3. Three, three, three. You know, is a man who more or less in um, certain zones of the pitch, he doesn't believe in a traditional four, sometimes he doesn't believe in a traditional three, but this is a man who sees football so much different to what the current crop of coaches see it as. Unlike Daddy Mourinho. Unlike Daddy Mourinho. He's versatile and yeah. he can have a variation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then it, it then goes back to how, um, how this is a new era, you know, and a new dawn for German football. And to answer your question, the answer to your question, how long will he last? The answer is him coaching Germany one day. I say that because when you look at the German national team and you look at the coaches... 
there is this conveyor belt, yeah. this seamless conveyor belt, where you either coach um, within the youth ranks of German national football, or you're an assistant at the high at uh, the national team, or you're coaching Bayern Munich. And I think the transition that that's what they're looking at. When the Germans do things, they have a ten to twenty year. Yep, pro- yeah, project yeah. and plan and I think that's what they're looking at and you're looking at Julian Nagelsmann and how he can change he can just change things within world football I mean within UEFA Champions League football he went to toe he went toe to toe with some of the best European teams yeah. with a shoestring budget yeah. and he went against the best European teams with players who aren't even that technically gifted so he's very good at using what he has and a player that will accompany him is Dayot Upamakano, which was one of his key players. So I think that player then becomes very instrumental to his structure, to his philosophy, and how he wants to do things going forward. I think that this is a great appointment for, for Bayern Munich. And um, I think if everything falls into place and everything goes well, I think we're looking at potentially a five to ten year uh, term for Julian, which is not synonymous to modern day football because a lot of coaches in modern day football don't last, you know, they don't last long, you know. However, I think there are certain traditional nuances which we need to retain in order to find success within football. And I think having managers on a long-term scale, I think that helps. You know, you build a dynasty and you're able to... Say, you know what, this coach, if we back him and we get the right players, he can go and at least win us two UEFA champions, go back into Europe, Mm. you know. Whereas if a coach stays at a club for a short period, the chances of him even winning just one UEFA, it's it's tough. You know, whereas if you grow with your team and you're able then to instill your ideology and the players become one with your philosophy then it becomes a beautiful narrative. So that's, I definitely do look forward to Julian Nagelsmann. So, sorry to interject there, but that's what I love about this particular appointment. It's actually coming at a time where he can really bring himself into the club properly, you yeah. know, where most of the senior players that he would need to fight for respect for, you know, um, he doesn't need to go mm-hmm. through those battles anymore. Yeah. You know? um, he's coming in, with, with, you know, players that he has within his plans yeah. to fit into that buying, buying system. And he's going to work with what he has. I'm yeah. pretty sure we're going to see a lot more acquisitions in the future yeah. that are going to make sense to the plan that this man has. Okay. And not just within this season alone, but even moving on into next season, you know. But like, like you were saying, you know, I, I do see the, lo- the, the, the longevity in this. Yeah. And that's what gives me a bit of solace to say, Bayern is still going to be a world class beater at any given time still within the next five years there's still going to be a club that's going to be competing for Champions League yeah. through you know season in season out and it gives me hope to say Germany as well as a national team if you look at the young crop that you know he is in touch with as yeah. well because you've always loved making this point of how relatable coaches yeah. or owners are when it comes to age and their players especially yeah. because we're moving into an age where the youthful exuberance is really everything in football. Yeah. Experience is very important, but right now the youthful exuberance of players is really the selling point of, 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 of the game, you know? Yeah. And he's in touch with that. Yeah. He's, he's got his finger on the pulse with that. So he's, he's, he's going to do great things. This man's um, trajectory is really going to do great things. How do you feel, Tumi? Uh, you know, actually, funny enough, I was, before Soli even spoke, I was actually going to mention the fact that by 
Julian coming to Bayern Munich was going to make the squad, he was going to bring in more youthful and vibrant players. Mm. You know, especially now since he has more resources and mm. he will be able to attract mm. uh, 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 younger footballers only, not only by the, the name of the club, but him himself. Yes. Yeah. You know, so you could have a situation like a, a young Dortmund where you have these young players, you know, with a bit of experience. Mm. You know, so I was just going to mention that fact and especially the fact that you brought up the point that they are in a new stage in their lives, you know, yeah, Bayern Munich. It's coming at the perfect time. Yeah, so him, it's perfect, you know, he's going to be able to attract these young, youthful players, you know, and then just grow Bayern Munich even further, and then eventually, like you guys said, he will, he is going to go to the German squad and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah, that was, that's what I was actually going to point out, you know, that he mm. was going to just attract more younger players, you know. Yeah. yeah I, think, um, I think, you know, I think, you know, if you look um, in history, it, there's always that coach that comes with new ideas. You look at Jan Cruyff. Yeah. Then you look at Mourinho in his time at Porto. Yeah. You look at Pepe. You know, and I, now it just seems yeah. it's Julian Nagelsmann. It's his time. His time you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah. the fact that he he has worked with young players in Leipzig and he brought the most out of them. Yeah. You know? So he he can do that. So yeah. that's a, a good factor as well. Definitely. So on today's episode's extra time segment, it's all about the returning coaches. The first coach we're going to start with is Allegri. He does return to Juventus. Kim what Moss. do you guys make of his return? I'll start with you, son. Ah, Massimiliano. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that guy probably what? He was at, at Juve from 2014 or 2013 till 2019, you know? So he's got like over 200, I think about 271 games under the belt uh, with Juve in the past before the collapse, yeah. you know? Um, and... The one thing I'm going to say is this appointment shows you exactly that Juve realized we made a mistake last year yeah. mm. and we need to do damage control. We can't afford to bring in another new coach. We need someone that knows exactly the runnings of how Juve is yeah. so that they can just stop this Titanic ship from sinking. Yeah. You know, right now it's split in half and they're just trying to get sellotape. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and you, you're not going to go for a fresh face to do that. You're going to need someone that understands the inner workings mm. of everything in the club. Mm. And like I said, if you look at the time frame, 2013 to 2019, that man is, he's part of the boardroom furniture. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that even if he was not at Juve right now, he still kept abreast with what was going on, yeah. you know? Hence, it was the only logical explanation. I could liken it, I'm sorry, Dumi, but I could liken it to getting Ferguson to come back to Manu. You know, I could really, I could really, I could really liken, I could liken it to that kind of Hail Mary, you know, um, yeah. desperation um, yeah, move. But I get you. To get someone in that's really going to steady the ship and help us just come back into balance again because mm. the damage that was done right now yeah. is so, so, it's, it's really immense that I can tell that they, they're worried that anyone else won't be able to actually bring Juve back into the balance yeah. of things. Dumi, yeah. what's your take on Allegri's return? You know, I won't say much on it, but I, I just feel like it's just to bring stability yeah. back into all this chaos that's going <laughs> on, you know. Yeah. So it is, a good, uh, it is a good move from Juventus, you know, to bring back that coach who has done it before and probably will be able to do it again. So just to bring that stability, you know, bring back the culture because mm. in a way he is Juventus he's the one who won them all those titles mm. you know mm. so it's to bring back that culture that philosophy mm. is the right move for Juventus and 
The Alex Ferguson, hey man, hey, I don't think <laughs> I was, was just hey, an example. That guy is, is a definition of what living gracefully is, <laughs> in my opinion, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, back to yeah, back to uh, the topic. But yeah, that was a, a good move from Juventus, you know. Just bring stability to what's going on, cause now it's just it's getting too hot in Serie A, you know, right now. <laughs> yeah. It's getting too yeah, hot. It's getting yeah. real hot. What's your take, I think uh, Juventus got greedy. Yeah, I think <laughs> they didn't realize what they had, you know. Winning Scudetto, you win it nine times in a row, eight times in a row. You and they also winning the um, what is the um, the cup, the Coppa Italia, the Coppa yeah, Italia. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he was actually doing well in Europe. Yeah, you know, he, de- de- definitely. Mm. Sorry to interject. Yeah. One point I wanted to make was he, out of all the coaches Juventus have had, yeah. he was the closest yeah. to European success. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's uh, where I'm going. Like he, he was, he made it to finals in uh, in Europe and. I just think that Juventus, a media is a is a is a big thing because when the league starts losing value, you start to look in Europe, and he he wasn't succeeding in Europe, and it started being about Juventus tried to reinvent themselves. I feel like you know let's let's play more, let's 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 look good. <laughs> yeah, that was a big part of the season, like getting Pilo. They wanted to look good, like yeah. you know, but that that wasn't getting you results. So I feel like. They are trying to stabilize. They realize they made a mistake, and you know, let's just stick to our culture. This is us. We're not Barcelona. We're not, you know, this is us. Yeah. And let's win. We can win like this. Maybe a little tweak here and there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely about stabilizing. You can't have another new face. Yeah. You can't risk that right now. They you, they made Champions League last game. They they didn't. They weren't even supposed to make that. Yeah. You know, but you know that just shows you that um, it's time to go back to. What you know. Mm. Definitely, definitely. I definitely agree with each and every single one of you gentlemen. And the fifth and the final coach being Carlo Ancelotti, the man who oh. returns to Madrid. What do you make of his return, son? King Carlo, King Carlo. Another man with a very rich history in football, generally. Yeah. One, one, one manager that can man manage the best you know the, the the best out of anyone you know um uh one man that can adapt you know under any situation as well you know complete manager yeah and with where madrid is that's another safety move you know mm-hmm. another hail mary um to kind of restore parity and restore balance you know when when things go haywire nothing gives you you know peace or safety than something or someone that knows the inner workings of of, 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 your, of your environment. And I think Ancelotti, out of his career, he, play, he spent most of his days at, at Milan, and the second team that he spent most of his days at was Madrid. So he spent, I think he played, he's coached well over 150 games for Madrid as well, you know, and that's, 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 that's literally the second longest time he spent at a club. So he also understands what Real Madrid is about. And I do feel like he can get the best out of some of those players over there. Mm. Um, I do feel like, you know, when we're speaking about Ancelotti at Everton, you look at the way Everton played, we spoke about it on the way here. Maybe you might not remember again. <laughs> you know? yeah. But we spoke about it on the way here, you know. And you, you get a player like Calvert-Lewin. And I remember you saying, you know, he serenaded him with that Italian voice and told him, yeah. you're the best in the world, you know, do, do, do you. Yeah. you know? and, 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 you know, Rodriguez, they came in, they, 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 they really came into their own. Yeah. So you're looking at a struggling Eden Hazard, for example. With a coach like Ancelotti, I can guarantee we'll probably see 
a better hazard, you know, in the next yeah. season or two. Um, you know, with the with the rebuild in certain positions, I, I do feel like Madrid is actually gonna give us a stronger showing. Uh, but this is it's 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 safety first, man. They're yeah. just trying to stabilize the team, make sure that they don't fall too far behind. You know, Barcelona, yeah. Atletico. Losing to Atletico hurt Madrid. Yeah. It hurt them real, 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 real hard. You know, having Atletico Madrid win 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 uh, La Liga, it must have really cut deep. Uh, so normally, when such things happen, like I said, you you really go for the safest option. And Ancelotti is definitely. I mean. Man, I'm I'm hurt. It's a huge loss for Everton. I'm yeah. hurt in in the place of Everton because I felt like they're a team that could have really benefited from Ancelotti staying there another two seasons or so. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, um, you know when when Madrid calls. Yeah. <laughs> What's your take, Pumuzo? Uh, you know, losing to Atleti, I just want to add they went trophyless. Mm. You know, just to put that out there. <laughs> mm. um, but. Trust a Barcelona player uh, supporter to say that. Yeah, yeah, man, and that's a very important, uh, you know, fact. But I do agree, it is a Hail Mary, it is to stabilize the, the Madrid camp. And especially if you look at where Madrid is right now financially, they can't go out and, you know, buy Galacticos. They, mm-hmm. they can't do that. So, and so he has to work with the players that he has. And when I say the players he has, this guy has... Players like Asensio, like yes. this guy was, he yeah. was next up, you yes. know. He has you know, Is- Isco, Hazard, yes. you know. Valverde. So I, I that is, to help you know, uh, one might even say, I don't like him. I, I really don't, yeah. but <laughs> Vinicius, you know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that is a, it's a great signing to get Angelotti, especially to manage these players, get the best out of these players. Because yeah. right now, that's what Madrid need. They, they can't go out and, you know, Blow the bank right now. They need to. <laughs> <laughs> they need to focus on break what they the have bank. and yeah, break the bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They need to focus on what they have and build from there. And yeah. he's the perfect man to do it. Mm. How do you feel, Tumi? I don't know. I'm actually excited. You know, because out of all these coaches that we've talked about, he's actually my favorite. Because contrast to Mourinho, he's he's a coach you can adapt to like any yeah. situation. Yeah. Because he's coached like how many clubs and he's been able to get in there, adapt to the situation, adapt accordingly to the players that he has yeah. and bring the most out of get it you know, every time. So that's why I'm actually excited to see what's going to happen because like Pumuto said, he does have players at his disposal yeah. and he will be able to bring the most out of them and adapt tactically mm-hmm. accordingly to what's going on around him in order to tackle the situation. So right now in this rebuild phase, I think that Real Madrid made the right choice to bring in Angelotti. You know, a, a coach is very flexible yeah. you know my, maybe papa perez will say i can't give you this amount of money yeah yeah here's this amount do what you have to do and yeah. you'll be able to do it you know so yeah. he needs a coach like that especially in this rebuild who might not necessarily be able to get everything that he wants but you'll be able to work with what, what he, he can has. get yes yeah. and you know i yeah. think it's also he's happy to be there he left everton mm. when they were you know they were they they were on the rise. Yeah, you see, so that just shows you that he he wants to be at Real Madrid, like you know. Yeah, so. definitely because he even took um he took a wage cut. Yeah. You know, he's on half of what he was on at Everton. That's that's, that's you know very very, very, very flexible, flexible and adaptable. That's what they need. 
But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of a very special episode of Disky Talk with Liolo. I thoroughly enjoyed um, the first edition of Coach's Corner. We will have a lot of these editions where we focus on the coaches. And um, thank you very much, gentlemen, for coming through. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Liolo. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Thank, thank you, you, gents. Oh, thank you very much. No thank problem. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Signing out. <laughs> <laughs>